Welcome everyone, you are listening to the I Am A Sparching Podcast with your host, Scott Knowles. Enjoy the show, it will probably suck. Scott Lefane Knowles, and you're listening to another episode of I'm a Spartan OCR Podcast. On tonight's episode, I got my buddy Brandon Whistler telling us about how he killed it this year at Tahoe and how he got three Ultra Beasts under his belt and he's about to go to Dallas and do his fourth. Hope you enjoy it. I got my boy Brandon Whistler on the phone. He's going to tell us about how he is rocking the Spartan nation this year. Brandon, say what's up. It's going pretty good. So, so Brandon, just start off. Tell us, you know, how old you are. You know, what you do for a living. Where you live at? Um, thirty-eight years old from Indiana. Um, I uh, office job, so I do computer-aided drafting. I design gymnasium equipment, or whatever. Cool. So, basketball backstop stuff like that. Um, born and raised in Indiana, so haven't left here. How did you get? How did you get into that field? Were you like a gymnastics guy or something? No, I uh, actually wanted to. I always kind of wanted to be an architect, and uh, I kind of just in drafting in high school and everything. I went to college for it, and kind of um, I, I didn't really want to go to school. Just <laughs> wanted <laughs> to be to be an architect. I actually worked for one right out of college, and uh, then also realized I didn't want to be one anymore. So I stayed in the design field and. Uh, here I am now, so I've been doing it about 20 years, so. Damn. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Pays the bills, pays my races. <laughs> I hear you, I hear you. You've done a bunch of races this year. How many races have you done this year, Brandon? I think close to, I mean, with double laps and stuff, I think close to 30. Dang, it's a heavy year. So, Wait, but before yeah. we go any further, how many of those hurricane heats have you done this year? I've been five hurricane heats this year, three twelve hour hurricane heats. So And Yeah, it's been quite the ride. But what there was one weekend you went like really heavy. Didn't you do like a twelve hour hurricane heat and a regular hurricane heat and you ran a leap both days or something like that? I did uh Chicago Saturday super. Tried to get in a little bit of a break, then hurricane heat at five o'clock. Saturday night, and then right after that, hurricane heat 12 hour from 10 o'clock till 10 a.m. Sunday morning. Went into my car, grabbed a couple things, signed up for the sprint, <laughs> headed out to the sprint, did the sprint, and then headed home. <laughs> so, I guess so, beating the shit out of your body is an understatement. Yeah, tested my limits. Yeah, you've definitely what I've been done doing it all year. So, so Brandon, let's back up a step. H- how did you get into the OCR scene, and how long have you been doing it? I've only been, uh, I think my first race last year, Spartan race, was uh, an Indiana Sprint, and uh, did it with some friends, and uh, decided to have fun, and uh, they had some other friends that, that came with them. We were all as a group, and it was a rough day. It took us five hours to the Sprint, and... Uh, I, I told him I'd never leave him, you know, just having fun. And then I kind of just, I didn't really know much about the trifecta thing or anything. And um, I did a warrior dash locally and stuff like that. And uh, I jumped right in. It's like, I'm going to do the tri, you know, I'm going to do this trifecta thing. And uh, I ended up pretty much just doing one trifecta last year. And then after that, I'm like, I ended up running competitive last for the Super and Sprint or Super and Beast right. last year, and uh, you know, and all the rest of history. I decided I want to. I wanted to race. I'm a highly competitive person. I wanted to race elite, and uh, just started signing up. Start my ball season pass for this year, and shit, I just keep signing up. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's pretty addictive after a while. You already bought your 2018 pass? 
No, I, I almost did there when they had the coupon deal out, but I kind of hesitated because I, I need to, I learned that I need to slow down a little bit, spread things out if I'm going to be a little more competitive. Right. Uh, I, I got a little burnt out, you know, here and there and realized that I wasn't getting much training done in between. And, right. You know, being a, a full-time dad, working full-time, I'm never going to be, you know, one of those athletes that has all day to train, but, yeah. uh, you know, it's, uh, it, you know, maybe bigger events next year, you know, spread out a little bit more. It's, it's hard to say. It seems like today they kind of announced with a new, uh, Spartan age yeah. group championship or age group thing and some other things differently. So it's, yeah, that's going to, that's going to mix things up. That's going to mix things up a little yeah. bit for next year, I think. Yeah, I, I don't, I've seen a few things, I didn't have a whole lot of time today, but, you know, something about, I don't know if there's even a coin anymore. Yeah, well, the, um, the way I read it, and I might be wrong, and if I see Robert in Atlanta, I'm going to ask him, but it looked like if you're running elite, and you place, you placed top 10 in an elite race, and I don't know about it rolling down or anything like that, but if you place top 10... Then you have qualified for a regional race, which I think is going to be a series. I don't know how many races are in the series. So then you go to that regional race, and you have to place in the top 20 to qualify for world championships. Oh, wow. But yeah. that being said, you can also qualify for world championships in the age group division. And... They had a little chart where, like, it and it, it changed about every five ages, you know. I mean, I think yeah, that there was yeah. one that was, like, 18 to 19, and, like, right. it only went five deep in that one. But, like, my age group was 35 to 39, and it goes 15 deep into that group. So pretty much the same thing, but you go by that chart. So in a regular race... I, you know, I would have to place within 15 of my age group, then I qualify for that regional race, and then you have to do the same thing again in that regional race. So, wow. I don't know if that's going to make it easier to qualify or make it harder. You know, I guess yeah. you just have to see as the yeah. year plans out. Yeah, yeah, and it's interesting to see what these regional races are going to be, and even if there's any NBC races, you know, it's, I did see a comment today that Spartan Race responded saying, you know, this is just, you know, information, you know, everything's, you know, more really, you know, more information to be released. And I think it's cool, I guess, that things are kind of changing. I mean, yeah. you know how it is. You get on Facebook and there's just chitter chatter all over the place. Oh, yeah. Um, well, you know, the whole OCR world is becoming more and more, right. uh, you know, competitive with each other and, they're all businesses and stuff like that, but, you know, with, with packing in more races, them overlapping on top of each other, and, you know, it's, yeah. it's hard to say what next year's going to bring. Well, and, and, you know, they've always said, you know, you've always seen the complaints on Facebook about a lot of people will run competitive just to get the earlier start time and don't really uh -huh. run the race to all the rules and regulations. So if they're going to take this age group division as a, way to qualify for worlds they kind of need to i mean almost take it just as serious as they do the elite heat you know what i mean right definitely i think i might have saw where it doesn't and maybe what you meant too is it doesn't like the coin did this year it doesn't you know once the top five get it, the next five get it it's you don't it doesn't keep going up like that it's either top whatever 15 you know what i mean once I think it said that once you qualify, you can still qualify again. So yeah. It doesn't bump it up to the next person, you know. Yeah, I saw that too. Which, you know, I think in a way it's kind of makes things a little more difficult, but not, you know, in a bad way. Yeah, because um, how many times do you see the same badasses at the same race, you know? <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> and we're like, and you get there and you're like, well, that just fucked up the point curve. <laughs> <laughs> I thought everybody's going to be at this other race. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So, um, Brandon, you did something this year that I thought was pretty freaking epic. You got what they call the Endurance Delta, which 
what that includes is three regular hurricane heats, three 12 hour hurricane heats, and three ultra beasts, right? Yes. And not to mention yeah, ma Masters and Endurance. Masters Endurance Delta. Yeah. And so, and not to mention, how many trifectas are you on? Six? I got seven X at Tahoe. You got seven at Tahoe? Are you yeah. done Are you done for the year or are you still racing? Uh, I got Dallas Ultra Beast still to go. No way, and, dude. <laughs> yeah. I, if I got another Super, I'd get eight X, but I might New Jersey. I don't really know. Right. Or I got some other pretty long trail runs I'm playing got set in stone so yeah like it's like it's been all year I keep finding everything something to do right <laughs> something to race so so, so after Brandon does the Dallas Ultra Beast if y'all want to know what is the best Ultra Beast to do in US you can talk to Brandon because he'll know it <laughs> except for Breckenridge I guess you didn't do the one in Breckenridge so no I would have loved to we were at West Virginia that weekend that's so. right that's right um so, uh, tell us about Tahoe, man. You run the uh, Elite Coin Heat at uh, Tahoe. How did that race start off that morning, dude? Well, uh, it was pretty chilly. It was around 30 degrees out. And uh, I was more, I don't really get worried about stuff anymore, but it, the, probably the biggest thing on my mind was the swim. Right. Because I wasn't for sure how much to, what to wear and, you know, I, I wear a pack, and uh, I'm not really a big being kind of running. I'm, I'm definitely no mountain runner yet. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, just the best of the best. It's kind of funny because, you know, I end up 208th place, I think, out of like whatever, 400 overall. Right. And, you know, I was kind of looking around like that's top 20 in elite class that day or the competitive, reg you know, regular. So it's just... Yeah. You're running with the best of the best of the world. I mean, you're you talking know, about the just, best coin holders of the year, you know what I mean? So, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you, you know how it is running the league this year. You, yeah. You mess five minutes means 20 spots. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, but it, it, it was, uh, you know, it, it was everything it should have been for a world championship. And, of course, not running it last year or anything else, I mean, to compare it to. But, you know, everybody, I mean, there hasn't been one person that said it was, easier it was with the with the double buckets double sandbag or two sandbag carries but the double sandbag on top of that or one wow two spear throws you know one and a half times olympus and that was brutal i oh, used to through that thing and it was just sweat from being we just came out of the dunk wall and everything before that i'd have filled you know, half a mile and <laughs> oh man hey panger and yeah so, yeah, uh, you talked about it being cold. What kind of gear did you end up wearing for this race? I just wore end up wearing, you know, I end up packing a a white a windbreaker in my backpack, and I end up buying some like uh, wetsuit gloves. So they're like one and a half millimeter or something, maybe two millimeter neoprene. Yeah, and um, my hands always get cold, you know, and and I end up just wearing long sleeve compression long. Uh, long pants, compression. Do you wear thermal um, compression or just regular compression? No, just regular, just regular. And you know, I, you know, you know, it it was thirty some degrees out that morning, but you know, I knew it was going to get decent in a couple hours when that sun came up. Right. It really started shining. Um, but uh, I ended up. I had a swim cap like neoprene, but I never ended up using that because I didn't really, you know, for the swim, I didn't really go underwater. Um, but it worked out pretty good. The, the the gloves. I never ended up putting my windbreaker on, right, um, or anything because the sun kind of warmed us up and dried us out. Because after the swim, after seven miles, I mean, we weren't getting, we weren't in any mud or water, so um, that was nice. <laughs> so, but, um, so did you wear those gloves like in between obstacles, or did you just put them on for the swim? Yeah, yeah. I just I wore them the whole time, almost. And I took them off for obstacles because they didn't have, they had like gripper hands, but they weren't, they were like more like hard plastic. I just bought some cheaper ones off of Amazon. Right. <laughs> but uh, they they got soaking wet, especially warm to the dunk wall and everything. And um, they were soaking wet, especially after the swim, but I think they, they really helped with just going through the cold. Now, that water was, I was taking some cold showers here and there, and 
that kind of, they said the water's around 42 degrees. I mean, this this is, I mean, it doesn't matter who you are. It's like an initial shock, right. you know, and, and most people freak out and you just got to kind of, it's a mental thing. And, uh, you know, you're only in the water for like two or three minutes, but it's, uh, you know, <laughs> once you get towards the end, you start slowing down. And of course, you know, we had, you know, just like the double sandbag for the leaps. I mean, we had a longer swim than the other people. They shut, they made it smaller for, no way. uh, yeah, I mean, we had to go around like two buoys, oh, you know, one that far, really, you know, like I said, two or three minutes, you're in and out. Uh, um, well, that's not too bad, but 40 degree water, three minutes is a long yeah. time, man. Well, and it's a lot windy, it's pretty windy up on top of there, here and there. Yeah, um, I could see it on the videos, a lot of the flags were blowing around. Oh, yeah. Uh, Sunday was a lot worse with Ultra Beast, I mean, it's a whole different thing with being a cold, but, uh, it didn't get quite as nice out on Sunday. Yeah. Uh, of course, we ran earlier too, but uh, my gloves—I didn't end up getting a windbreaker out. Um, it just, you know, I ended up drying out, and of course, my my shirt was wet, but it kind of, you know, kind of kind of protected my skin, and you know, kind of drying out, and really worked out about perfect as, as I could ask for, you know, for not getting cold and you know, staying warm enough. I mean, you know, after twelve, fourteen miles, I wasn't going full bore sweating, anyways. <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah. So. so, um, like, I noticed how, uh, you said there was two bucket carries, and some of them, and a lot of people said that the bucket that they had the cap on, that it was a lot heavier than the regular bucket. What did you think about it? I, I would say opposite of that. The, the bucket that we filled, it was like a dirt kind of gravel it has a little bit of rocks in it, but it's more like a dirt, like, you know, it almost packed more than, like, sand or gravel wood, and uh, the actual, you know, we went down this hill first, and then back up, and it was pretty brutal, I mean, just the terrain compared to the second, but I, I always throw my bucket, you know, a lot fuller than it should be, because I have to set mine down usually and settle on them. There was, they think they sent 50 people back. Wow. And uh, one dude had to do it three times. I don't know if he was doing it on purpose or what, but uh, holy crap! The, the cap, Sam, the cap one. What was nice about it is you could turn it on inside, you know, and kind of carry it like yeah. a log. And uh, I guarantee it wasn't more than much more than half full because there was a lot moving around in there. Right. There's no way it was it was heavier. What did it have? Just gravel in it and add a cap on it, or? Yeah, I think it's probably about the same dirt, and it had just a, like a cap on it, you know, uh, like a sealed bucket. And uh, I heard, I came across some posts that some people were breaking them open, I guess, and later in the day in the open heats and yeah, you know, dumping some of the stuff yeah. out of them. It was pretty sad, but that is it, sad. it definitely wasn't heavier. If someone said it was heavier, then they weren't filling their regular bucket up. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> So how bad was that double sandbag carry? Was they sending you up a long? Was it a long haul or was it not that bad? It was, it was like the bucket. You had to go downhill first, which I'd rather go uphill first, you know, and then back down. Um, but it they were the forty pound, like the green bags, like sandbag bags. So they're probably like forty pounds. Right. And uh, you know, it's some it's just like any other obstacle. Sometimes you breeze through obstacles, and sometimes you just have a mental click and stuff just pain in the ass and I was having trouble I was trying to throw them on each shoulder and I was having trouble getting them up there I was jacking around with them and it just kind of broke me down a little bit and uh, you know it just took me a little bit longer but it, it was down a decent grade and back up you know it was it was pretty far and then uh, of course we had to do the leaps on Sunday for the Ultra Breeze had to do the double sandbag too the first round first no round. way and a long swim until they cut it back down, you know. So, second lap. So, yeah, I wasn't looking forward to doing that twice. Yeah, I figured they but, probably uh, would only they probably would only done a single for the set for the ultra. Yeah, they did double for the leads and ultra. So. I guess they figured if y'all's crazy enough to run the ultra the second day, they'd give it to you, huh? No doubt. So <laughs> the, the double sandbag was just the uh, green ones, you know, like you want in the Asheville sixty pounders. That yeah. would've been rough. Those sucked. Uh, we had a single for the 60-pound, the other sandbag carry. And it was pretty long. I guarantee almost all carries were, well, that sand, single sandbag was probably close to half a mile. Almost guarantee wow. it was a quarter mile up, quarter mile down. That's crazy. Yeah. Uh, it wasn't nothing, you know, simple. 
So what would you say was probably... That was, uh... Go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I was going to say that that was the thing was is you, you were four miles almost to the top, and then you had all this stuff. You had both... By the time you were done, I guess it was probably like eight or nine miles. You know, you had your sandbag carries all done, your bucket carries. I mean, all those obstacles are up there, the same, you know, Olympus, Ape Hanger, Tyro, Traverse, Atlas Carry that farmer's carry 2.0 all that was you know within the first six you know eight miles it was brutal in upper body you know then until you went back down the hill but uh and, and what did you say yeah. farmer's carry 2.0 yeah it was like two atlas stones basically that had um you know chains drilled into them with handles so it was like carrying log carry but they were like atlas stones right they're pretty stout i'd say they oh were, yeah 75 pounds a piece, maybe. You just go down and carry them around. A, like a painted rock guy, I'd go carry them around and back. Kind of like this the log carries before, you know, with handles. Well, did you see any people dragging them? I'm sure there was. <laughs> no, I didn't. Yeah, I didn't, but I not want to be surprised. Or were they like short, like handle chains? Oh, yeah, they were short, like, like six inches of chain. Oh, kind of like what they used to put into the logs. Yeah, okay. Yeah, 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 exactly. So, I seen where uh, it looked like Stairway to Sparta, they hammered more boards on it and, like, put holes in it where you had to kind of, like, climb it or something like that. Well, it was a little yeah, different. Yeah, it was definitely, it was definitely doubled up on those black boards. But, yeah, they had, like, little slots cut out for your feet or hands to grab a hold. I mean, you'd have to. There's no way you could get up it without them. Oh, um, yeah. It really wasn't that difficult, I didn't think. Um you know, you probably had to, you know, just like the other way, you kind of still had to pull yourself up on it, but once you get your feet up on them, you know, in a, in a hole, then you're good. But um, I was a little disappointed that they didn't have any new obstacles. You know I mean? They had the, the monkey in the middle with the twister monkey bars, but it, really, it was just kind of incorporating two. Yeah, was, two, that, uh, was that difficult? Yeah. I mean, I didn't make it. I made it through the first bell. So you had the twister, two yeah. sections of the twister, and then you had the monkey bars, which weren't quite as long, were just close enough, and then a bell. Right. And then after that bell, you had two sections of the twister and another bell. So right. Either 30 burpees or 60 burpees. So if, you hit the, so if you hit the first bell and failed, you only had to do 30, but if you didn't make it to yep. the first bell, you had to do 60? Oh, okay, that makes sense now, because yeah, i yeah. seen where people were saying they had to do 60, and I was wondering, why do they got two bells on this obstacle? But that right. make, that makes sense. I didn't know they were doing that. Man, right could, before that, we had the tire flip, and then we had rope climb before that, there at the end, so. Could you, uh, it would really suck to have to do 60 burpees in a row. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, you know, just like they have for the swim, I mean, open only, you can burpee out 90 burpees, and I mean, jeez, I, you know. I don't care how cold I'm, it is, I'd swim to get out of 90 burpees. That's what I'm saying, I mean, even a top guy doing 90 burpees is going to take a little bit. If, 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 they, if they shot right through 90 burpees, they're going to be pretty dang wore out. You know, that's right. Think of how long it takes to do that now. Hercoise, which you know to me feel a little bit you know seem like they feel a little bit more full and i've definitely noticed that this year there's been some races where you know it wasn't necessarily like an nbc race and it's like damn this turquoise feels heavy and some of them felt lighter and yeah I kind of paid more attention that you can almost see sometimes you can almost pick some out that look like they're heavier than the others like someone just like i'm gonna add a couple more scoops of sand here you yeah know what i mean yeah definitely that her course is right after that monkey bar twister, right in the yeah, festival area there, right before multi rig. And I mean, that it, my my upper body was just so zapped. I mean, unfortunately, I I just kind of had a mental break there and had to burpee both of those. Uh, uh -huh. I was just tanked. I was just gassed. So was so was that the only obstacles you had to burpee on? Was the uh, the second leg of twister and the Hercules hoist? Yeah, well, on the multi-rig, I couldn't even, it was like baseball, baseball, the bar, and then ring, baseball, baseball, bell. So you, didn't, you, you just, did 90 burpees I mean, right back to back, or 
pretty much. Yep, pretty much. Mm. I mean, you know, it's just I think in a way sometimes the mental click like, yeah, hey, you know, I'm 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 losing some time here, but you know, it doesn't matter. I'm almost done. Right. I mean, I don't I don't like to sound like I gave up, but I just I was struggling, you know. I mean, after it was, I clocked in at 17 miles. So I mean, <laughs> yeah, that's a long, a super long beast, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was doing good and nailed both my spears and uh, doing good on the day till the very end. So that was definitely kind of a Debbie Downer, but you know, it's what it is. Yeah, man, that was a hard I, race. I'm, dude. I'm like anybody else, you know. There's obstacles I usually dominate that I fail sometimes, and vice versa, you know. And oh yeah, that's how it goes, man. It. It's when you get competent, you know. You get confident in a obstacle, and you run into it just hauling ass, man. And you jump on it, and then all of a sudden you just slip off of it, and you're like, man, what the heck? It's when you yeah. take it for granted is when it gets you. And I'm bad yeah. about that on the Z wall. <laughs> I'll jump on that Z wall real quick, man. It'll be a little bit wet, and I'll fall off of it every time. <laughs> yeah, the Z-Wall this year at the championship, they actually had the walls cut out in the middle like they do at stadium races. Right. And uh, yeah, no one said nothing, but it's either A, so they could pay more attention to people, or B, throw people off because it almost makes you want to step on it, you know? Yeah. But for me, it helped because you could kind of stick your knees through it. Your knees yeah. weren't flat up against the wall. And you could but stick, you could stick your beer belly way. through that hole, too, and get more yeah, leverage. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it's fun in the obstacles because, like, I tell people, you know, like, you can go out here in your backyard and, and nail a rope climb or nail something every time, but that's not like when you're redlining during a race after two hours, you oh, know, so it's, it's a whole not. different ball game. Yeah, totally, man. And it's like somebody can say, yeah, man, I can do 30 burpees in one minute. But can you do 30 burpees in one minute when your heart rate's at like 185 <laughs> already? And, and knowing what you got, if you got obstacles coming up next. Yeah. Hmm. Definitely. Um, it was a beast of a course, that's for sure. I mean, you know, it's, I don't, I mean, you know, there was a lot of information they gave out ahead of time, you know, which was nice, you know, they didn't have to do that, but I mean, it, I mean, they weren't playing around. It was it was kind of funny because when we were, there were a lot of people when we were going up the mountain after like the mile two marker, we were like, all right, we're starting our beast now because you know beast usually like fourteen, yeah. usually not much more than fourteen miles. Oh, that 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 definitely looked like the hardest uh, Tahoe uh, World Championships race ever for sure. Yeah, and of course I had that talk like I usually have with myself. Like I'm supposed to do this two more laps tomorrow. This is retarded. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So so tell us how you did that. So what was so what time of the day did you finish the beast on Saturday? It was about ten o'clock. Like four hours and four hours and thirty minutes. So that would have been what two o'clock. Yeah. He, but 
I was going back. Well, I finished my first lap in five hours and 15 minutes. So I almost negative split my second lap. By, I was off by five minutes. But it's a little different story for me because, I mean, I wasn't going full bore either. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But still, dude, you what did you you placed like 16th place, man. That's freaking yeah, epic. Yeah, it was, it was wild because, I mean, when we took off at 6 a.m., I mean, you know, there was I guarantee there was 150 of us. 200 in the corral and, and you know I mean I'm like knowing what lies ahead I mean there was quite a few people that ran it again but knowing what lied ahead I I kind of just didn't really run a whole lot like we did in the beast and uh but you know I felt like there was 200 people in front of me and um I kind of heard some chatter when I came to the second lap for transition that like 30 people have been through but I, I passed a couple people here and there right but you know, on the second lap, but I was like, holy moly, and I think only 90 people finished the elite class, Yeah, Ultra Beast, <clears throat> and I think around 320 total. Wow. On that second lap, it's kind of hard to tell who you're passing and who you're not passing with the second day Beast, too. Yeah, well, in Ultra Beast now, they give those pennies as the best to everybody now. Oh, really? Well, that's cool. Used to like in Jersey when I ran in Jersey this year, they only gave them to the top twenty males, the top twenty females. Yeah. Um, and then so I guess they must have changed that up during the year because Killington, we had they started giving them out to everybody on the I second lap. Idea. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. So I guess when you go to the transition period, that's when they give you the yellow vest. Yeah, when you leave, they hand you a vest or whatever to head out. I mean, we have the armbands, but I think it's good for people to know. Oh, yeah. I mean, they, especially, you know, it's, I've been thinking about this. I actually look forward to the second lap the most because you're out there with the other racers, and they're so encouraging, and, like, right. you know, they say so many good things, and I always say it back, but it, it's just like a push, you know, to, to, to go harder, you know. What did you, did you fail any obstacles on the Ultra? Uh, yeah, let's not talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> no, man, you got to uh, tell us, you got to tell us. We want to know, man. Uh, yeah, I just, I was, I mean, it was a lot colder. And with being earlier in the day, you know, the sun went up and we took off and being down there in the valley, I mean, when the sun did come up, I mean, you know, half the mountain's covering it in some parts, but. I ended up getting up to a hanger. I couldn't even, I was having problems just climbing the rope, and uh, I ended up just dropping in, doing burpees, you know. It's kind of one of those deals, like, you're going to spend three or four minutes trying to get through this and just tax your arms anymore, and you're probably going to, you know, fail it. So um, it was just cold right. that morning. It was a lot windier, and uh, I can't, Olympus, I mean, I couldn't get my feet under being Olympus, so I felt it right, right after that and uh it was all downhill from there <laughs> <laughs> i end up uh you know after that i end up going through and getting the other obstacles with the double sandbag and swim and that was actually the swim i actually had my windbreaker i had to take that out and put it on because it, when it was cutting right through me it was freezing right um so uh and then of course i did pretty good I ended up missing one of my spears on the Ultra Beast. Dang. I did a lot of burpees on Sunday, but at the same time, I didn't care. You know what I mean? Right. I like, yeah, the goal was to finish. I mean, you know. My goal is always, I mean, I, I want to finish, but, like, I don't want to jack around and stay out there longer than I have to, you know. Right. So I kind of mentally push myself when I can, you know. Like, if it's flat, I'm running, you know, unless oh, I'm yeah. hurting or something, you know, cramping. So, uh, I would usually just try to push it for the most till the end, but I end up, you know, fell. Well, I got halfway through the monkey twister thing, and then uh, I ended up getting her voice, and then cool. uh, I ended up selling the rig. So it was kind of something I made the first day, and this second day, and vice versa. It all kind of just blended together. <laughs> so, so how many burpees did you have to do total on the ultra? <sighs> I should have added up. I, 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 <laughs> I was pushing close to two hundred. Wow. 
Well, hey, I wouldn't feel bad, man. I saw where some people were doing 270 just on the regular beast. You know, what was funny because, I mean, you know how this has been going on here and most people do that. I don't care what people do, you know, it's their integrity, but, you know, by the second lap, I mean, the rest were gone and, oh, yeah. you know, I did my burpees, you know, I mean, there, there was no one around, there was no open people doing burpees and stuff I've seen, I mean, of course, they can help each other and that's fine and that's, yeah. they're right, the race, but, I mean, I, I race elite and even if I raced open, I do my burpees, but, uh. Yeah, of course, uh, yeah, well, I'm I'm the same way, but I mean, I understand if somebody's running their first Spartan race and they're just wanting the experience, they're running open class, if they don't want to do their burpees, that's fine, it's their race, they paid for it, let them get out of it what they want to get yeah. out of it. My, my biggest thing is I just, I think it's, I think it's an appreciation for someone to attempt something, you know? Oh yeah, definitely. Uh, at least try it, don't just, you know, just don't even try, because, you know, I mean... But, you know, it's like you said, it's, it's their race. I mean, yeah. good for them no matter what. They're out there doing something, so. Yeah. But, yeah, I bet I did a couple hundred, maybe, you know, within, between, you know, in those 35 miles, but. <laughs> and still play 16th. That's awesome, bro. Yeah, as well. I, I can't believe the, I was, it, it's really been funny because I talked to a lot of people at Killington, you know, and be like, oh, Killington's way harder than Tahoe is. I mean, because the climb, the death march, and yeah, I don't think anybody can say Killington's harder than Tahoe this year, anyway. Right. Especially with the stack, the way they did the obstacles. Yeah. I mean, they might not have any new obstacles, but they, you know, that they beefed them up. I mean, the A-frame was really cool. It was taller. I mean, it wasn't really a challenge. It was just taller. It looked cool being that tall. It, it, it was cool. But, uh, Some people were already yeah, scared it, of heights on the regular A-frame, so I can only imagine people on that. Yeah, I guess that's definitely the, the drawback on that one is people are kind of scared of heights. That, that kind of gets to you. But they had like a shelf on the uh, vertical cargo. You had to climb up and over before you climbed over the net. So that was kind of interesting. Right. But uh, I forgot about that one. I didn't see any but, pictures of that, I don't guess. No, and then, you know, it's funny because they had some of the walls, like the six-foot and eight-foot walls, placed in certain spots. Either you got out of the water or you are cold, and that kind of made it difficult, you know, because if you are just, you know, your muscles are kind of tight and stuff like that. But uh, I noticed on the live yeah. feed they had that rope short on the slip wall, and a lot of people were having to, take second and third tries at it to get up it yeah like they it never they never got the longer ropes out for nobody and uh he even told us when the ultra beast started that that it was that saturday later in the day it was uh starting to ice up when the sun went down Ooh. and uh i can tell you this if you were out there you whether cause the, the course didn't close till ten thirty on both days and if you were out there after the sun went down, you better hope you had a jacket or something because it would have got cold. It got cold quick. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that, that's like a whole other obstacle, the weather. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean, I mean, it's wild. Um, I, you know, I, some of the chatters, been, I mean, I love to see, you know, I, I always like to see the BNF rate, I guess, of any race. It's just kind of curious, you know. Oh, yeah. I wish they it. would show that. Because especially the Ultra Beast, I mean, I think even Killington Ultra this year was only about 50%. Yeah. Um, which was kind of surprising after some of the other Ultra Beasts this year. But, um, you know, I, I guarantee Tahoe, I don't know how many people started, but maybe it'll eventually come out, but I bet it was around 30% finisher rate, I bet. You got to think, that was a 32-mile Ultra. That's a long race. Yeah, and it being about 35. Yeah. Wow. That's yeah. insane. Yeah, about what, 70, 72 obstacles or something, I don't know, a lot, almost 9,000 foot of vertical. Yeah, and 200 burpees. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Wild ride. So, like, on Saturday night, like, how did you prepare for the ultra the next day? Like, what'd you eat, man? Like, did you, like, just throw down, man, on hot wings, Mexican? How'd you, how'd you handle that? Me and a couple of buddies there after the beast, we feasted up on some pizza. That was for sure. Um, and then Saturday night, of course, I was just eating all day and stuff. Had some ice right. cream, you know, and whatnot. Kind of like we did Nashville, you know. <laughs> yeah. Gorged out a little bit, just but ate uh, anything. You know, yeah. I mean, I don't know. I did some longer 50k 
other than ultras, ultra beasts that have kind of, you know, you know, not, nothing really spectacular, I guess. The more I do stuff, the more my fueling's been more efficient and not probably needing as much. But, uh, right. You know, the time change, you know, we were three hours being in Indiana. I mean, I was three hours, the time difference. I was kind of thrown off on my sleep and stuff like that. But, yeah. uh, I can imagine. For the most part, I mean, you know, everything turned out to be good. So once I got up and going Sunday morning, I was ready to rock. I hear you. Um, so and like, probably, were you running with like a hydration vest or like a camelback? I used to, uh, I used to run with uh, like a vest with like the, you know, the bladder in the back, but I kind of got away from those and I bought, um, I did this for Killington. I bought a vest with the soft flask in the front Yeah. and, uh, end up having, it's easier. I usually use tailwind sometimes and, uh, some, some electrolytes in my, water and it's kind of easier to fill up the water station you kind of know more how much you're drinking instead of getting your hydration bladder out plus right this one i could store more stuff in the back and it had a zipper so right um so when you went nice so when you refilled it up at the hydration stations you put more tailwind in it with it too um i didn't this weekend um i've been playing around with my nutrition and stuff but Kind of had some more snacks this time around than I did tailwind. I had a tailwind pre-filled. I had one, I had two soft flasks waiting for me in my drop bin. Yeah. Um, which, you know, is another big thing. I mean, I kind of carried most of my stuff with, I always carry more than I need. Exactly. Food-wise, but kind of just go by feel, um, you know, gels and nut butters and stuff like that. But that's one big thing I'm on in on is, you know, I get in the transition, I'm in and out in five minutes. Yeah, well, that's the way to be. What did you have in but, your drop uh, bin? Uh, I always put an extra pair of shoes and socks just in case I have a blowout or something. But yeah. unless there's some problem, I'm not going to take them shoes off. Um, I might have had, a, I think I might have had a different jacket or something. Just I had another vest just in case right. you know, something happened with mine. But I had a baggie full of food, some snacks, you know, that, Something um, different, some real yeah. food? Nah, mostly just like nut butters and like lower bars. And um, I've kind of been getting away from some carbs and stuff. So I had some gels, whatever. You kind of almost have to no matter what. But right. they were giving out these cookies that I think are called Now Foods or Now something. Oh, yeah. I know what you're talking about. Those and, are good. <laughs> they uh, were freaking good. I kept getting free ones. So I had some of those. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it would have been nice to have, like, a full pizza or something like that in there, but <laughs> I might have hung out too long if I would have had that. <laughs> That's cool. <clears throat> so, uh, did could you tell that, like, the elevation was, like, messing with you, like it was harder to breathe? Like, everybody talks about that at Tahoe, like it's a big deal. Did you feel the effects of that? Oh, I hiked up there. I actually hiked up to the top on Friday morning. Don't want to go up there where the swim was, and it was about four miles up there. And of course, just kind of hiking, I didn't really notice too much. But I, um, I, I could feel it. You know, that it didn't bother me any. Like I can, I could think I was just kind of huffing and puffing a little bit more. You know what I mean? Um, of course, the next day I was coughing a little bit. Almost felt like I was getting sick, probably just from being in the cold water and crap like that. But I think it had a little bit of effect on me, but like nothing like some people talk about. I mean, nothing like altitude sickness that people talk about. No, yeah. um, but you know, could have slowed me down maybe. But you know, I wasn't really 110 percent redlining all weekend either. Right. Uh, so, you know, yeah, I mean, it, you know, the climb, it was funny because the climb, there's two climbs, but the first one was more gradual. Um, and then the back one, and then they, I've heard a lot of people have been talking about this, it was a lot steeper and shorter. And that, they, they, you know, after 15 miles, I mean, I think that got to a lot of people. It, it was it was pretty, it almost kind of reminded me of the death march in some parts because it was it was pretty good climb. But uh, I want to say it might have been a little bit taller. We are close to 9,000 feet, I think. But wow. It didn't bother me too much, I guess. Uh, I was I, li- I listened to some podcast over the last month or two that talked about this uh, stuff called, like, chloro-oxygen. Mm-hmm. 
was kind of like, uh, it basically it kind of raises your red blood cell count. Yeah. And uh, it's just like little droplets that you drink in your water twice a day for a couple weeks before. And I tried that, and maybe it helped, maybe it didn't. I don't huh. know, but um, you know how it is. You come across stuff like that. You just kind of wonder if it works or maybe it just works for them. But Yeah, that's kind of the way I am about, that's kind of way I am about beet elite. I, I, you know, I, I drink it, but I was like, is this yeah. stuff working? <laughs> right, right, yeah. Yeah, sometimes it's a placebo effect more than it is anything else. Yeah, that's what I think, too. Well, hey, man, uh, I got a bunch of questions I usually always ask everybody. So uh, what was probably the best part of the race for you? And it could be, you know, Saturday or Sunday's race. Like, what was, like, one of the best, you know, things that happened during the race? Man, that's tough. <laughs> Finishing. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I was about to say. Finishing. Um, you know, I would have said, like just said, that, you know, finishing any race burpee free was, it was an accomplishment in itself, but, no doubt. I mean, you know, I, I finished cramp free the whole weekend early, um, that was pretty amazing that I felt like I was never, nothing slowed me down like that, um, man, it's just, it's just, the scenery out there, I mean, being from Indiana, I had nothing but cornfields and cow pastures, but, uh, right. there's just so much to take in, I mean, it was, it was just an epic race. Um, you know, it's hard to pinpoint one thing down. I mean, the swim was, I mean, it was something that, that was just so different. And, uh, yeah, I don't know, just everything. <laughs> <clears throat> what was uh, the worst part of the race this weekend? The cold? <laughs> yeah, um, and doing burpees, that many burpees. Yeah. You know, like I said, I failed a couple obstacles that I've been good on before, and it's kind of like, are you serious? You know, <laughs> I failed my. I've been really good on the spear this year, and I failed it on my first lap of the Ultra Beast. I'm like, are you serious? <laughs> and uh, no, well, I guess no. I failed it on my second lap because there was two spear throws. Yeah, I did six spear throws this weekend. Yeah. Um, you know, probably. I mean, I was worried after the swim on Ultra Beast because of the cold. So, uh, that, you know, just a little bit of everything, I guess, on that one, too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. So, what is your, like, race ritual that you do at every race? And it could be pre-race, post-race, the day of the race. Tell us your secrets, Brandon. <laughs> well, I don't know if I feel like if I have one. <laughs> Um, I honestly, I mean, something just, I've just learned to like, I don't really get worked up or worried about things. Like half the time I'd rather not even see a map, half the time I'd forget where stuff's at anyhow, but yeah, it's kind of going to be like what it's going to be, you know? Yeah. Um, you know, it's a lot of it is mental where you can talk yourself out of things. So it's, you know, I, I like to try to eat good on Friday, usually traveling, you know, can easily start eating junk food and stuff like that, but I try to eat pretty fairly healthy on Fridays before the race and uh, get up and eat about the same thing. I used to eat just some oatmeal and stuff like that. I don't like to really race on an empty stomach, but mm -hmm. try to get in some, you know, a little bit of carb and stuff like that before the race and, uh, yeah, just, you know, get there a little early and stretch out and, and uh, be ready to rock. Uh, you know how it is when you're on. 7.30 a.m., you don't get to enjoy the hotel breakfast or really... I know, that sucks. And, I always hate that, too. <laughs> that's that's one thing that really sucks. I mean, just like when you race the, the the two days in a row, you know, you can't even really... You feel like you can't even... If you're going to race and do good the next day, you don't really want to hang out and live it up on Saturday night because you're going to get up again at 6 o'clock on Sunday morning. That's what was cool about the the Atlanta, uh, the Conyers Park, is that hotel was right across the street. You could go oh, yeah. run the Elite Heat and run back across the street. You could catch the breakfast and then get a hot shower. <laughs> <laughs> that was what was sweet about Tahoe. My lodge, right behind my lodge I was staying at, was the start line. Oh, that is and cool. So, I mean, yeah, same deal. I didn't have to use the showers there. You know, I didn't have to use a drop. Uh, the uh, um, the back check, you know, I just have my stuff in the hotel, so that that's that's, great. that makes a big difference if you don't have to drive an hour or catch a shuttle or anything like that. Heck that's, yeah, that's huge. Heck yeah. So, uh, 
do you have like products that you swear by like a brand or shoes or you know something you 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 know you definitely got to have when you're going into a race uh well i mean i transitioned into ultras this year i love them uh just for the grip and everything but really um and genji toe socks Oh, me I put too, brother. socks over the top of them, but I always use trail toes, especially for longer races. I haven't had one blister this year. Awesome. Um, now I would say that's probably the number one thing I swear by. Um, then Genji's with toe, trail toes, and usually wear the mud gear compression socks over the calf, which helps stuff a couple gels in, too. But, uh, yeah. Yeah, those work really good for me. Cool. <clears throat> what obstacle do you dread the most in a race? Hmm. Well, at the beginning of the year, it was Twister until I figured out the backwards thing. I know, that's uh, right. Really, for the regular obstacles, I mean, I got to being where I, you know, can pretty much get through everything. Um, trying to think if there's anyone that I've struggled with. Like, I only did the Ape Hanger in Pennsylvania Sprint other than it. You know, before Tahoe, that's definitely a tough one. Right. Um, but for the most part, I mean, I, I, I've been able to kind of figure them all out, how they work best for me. Uh, like I said, I, I've struggled with a couple of Hercoists, you know, because I felt like the bags were heavier if it's been a race where they've been wet or yeah. rain the night before. Yeah. Um, but you said, well, double. The, the bucket carry, I, I, I just... I dread, I guess, because I, I mean, it just taxes my lower back. I mean, I practice with it some, probably should practice more, but like I can go, I can pick it up and go and I got to set it down after I get going because it just taxes my back. See, man, you were uh, doing so good when we run that bucket. sprint in West Virginia. You was carrying it good. Yeah. I, I couldn't, uh, I couldn't catch up with you. <laughs> Sometimes I do all right, I guess, but, uh. I do struggle with it sometimes, and of course the double, the a sixty pound double sandbag in Asheville broke oh, me down pretty good. Oh man, <laughs> you ain't kidding, man! I don't know how many times I set those bags down. That was a rough one for me. Uh, Brandon, what obstacle do you say is your favorite, or the one you love the most to see? For a little while there, the Olympus, I was able to smoke through it pretty fast. Um, I just if you, if I can get my lung it's not real wet and I can get my feet under me I, I was able to like hop right through it you know and kind of I know it's hard to explain but I can really get through that really fast compared to how I used to get through it yeah and of course the twister I mean going backwards I mean it's a breeze um, yeah definitely for the most part but uh yeah favorite I mean I don't know I try and dig the spear throat I guess because I I usually am pretty good at it um. I kind of like them all, you know, really, because I don't have a favorite one. And I guess you got, you kind of got to like them all, you know. You got to have a love-hate relationship with all of them. You hate it when you miss it, but when you do make it, you know, it makes you happy, you know, because you you triumphed over something that's giving you trouble. Well, you know, we kind of talked about it. If you remember West Virginia, the tire flip, I struggled, and then until we got to talking about it, and I kind of had a mental click there about pushing your forearms into it. Mm-hmm. Tire flip the Tahoe, man. I beasted that thing three times, you know, like it was nothing. So it's just, Heck uh, yeah. once you kind of figure something out for how it works for you, then there you go. Exactly. You know? Exactly. All right. Last question, Brandon. What has been your most favorite race to this point, And what has been your hardest or your worst race to this point? Man, that's tough. That West Virginia race is pretty epic, but I struggled with cramps in the end of my calves, so that log carry killed me. Um, yeah, we had fun at that race, that, bro. That, that weekend, you know, was really awesome just because it was trifecta weekend. I think yeah. that's the first one they had, and you know how it is. That sprint, we all ran together. I mean, that was just an awesome weekend to cap it like that. But, uh, yeah, it was. We're, we're planning on doing that in Carolina. You coming back to Carolina with us? This year? For the Beast, yeah. No, I won't be down there this year. Oh, man. Yeah, it sucks. That's going to make me want to, but I don't think I'll <laughs> make that one. But uh, that, you know, I just I got so many great races, you know, I can take things from, you know. Right. It seems like something always happens, but yeah, West Virginia was pretty, 
pretty pretty wild. And then the Chicago one with doing all that deal with the hurricane heats and the twelve hour and super and all that's pretty special to me, I guess too. Right. Um. Uh. You said worst race. Yeah. It's kind of funny. My I'm almost might be the Indiana Sprint, and I say that because that's the same weekend of Palmerton, and um. I was gonna originally do Palmerton because the NBC race, and just wanted to do it because of what it was supposed, to, what it was all about. And uh, but my kids came down. I was gonna have my kids do the kids race in Indiana. I was like, no, I'm gonna do the Indiana race. But I went into Indiana thinking everybody's gonna be at Palmerton. <laughs> I thought I was gonna win it, but like I had just <laughs> a chance to do better. Yeah. Um. You know, just not as much competition, and because uh, you know you go to every race. Like, you know, seeing that way, I mean, you see the same people like, oh, shit, I know this dude's fast. Yeah. I I actually, the funny thing was, and we got, it's a ski resort, a small one, but there's a little bit of elevation there, but I bombed it. I was doing good the whole race. I felt my, I felt Olympus there, and uh, it was like one of the middle cues. And then right at the end, right before fire jump, I felt Twister. Oh, man. Um, slipped off of it. I mean, I just didn't struggle. I just slipped, and uh, it was just, I mean, it being a sprint, for one, you know, I probably lost 10 places filling those two obstacles in the last, you know, half a mile. So yeah. that was just a big bummer. It was Indiana race because my kids were coming down with my, some of my family. And, my, and the, you know, it, it turned out good because my kids raced and my sister ran the second lap with me or whatever. But oh, cool. I had, you know, it's one of those races that you think you're going to do really great at, and then it's the exact opposite. So that's probably my... The biggest kicker right there. Yeah, that's kind of where the Asheville Sprint was for me. That was definitely my yeah. worst race of the year. <laughs> well, shoot, Brandon, man, I sure do appreciate you taking the time to talk to us, man. I just want to congratulate you on everything that you've done this year, man. You have really put in a max effort at races this year, and you're still hammering them out this year. So you're going to do the Dallas Ultra, and is that your last race, or you got more than that? I'm doing a Dallas Ultra Beast, and then... Um, I was going to maybe run New Jersey Super to get my tri 8X trifecta, so I don't really know yet. And then, uh, I got some, I got a 50 mile trail race coming up in December. Oh, crazy. Some other ultras and stuff like that that I'm kind of getting into, so. Right. I kind of just seeing how that transitions over to next year, but as far as Spartan goes, um, yeah, all I got right now is the Dallas Ultra Beast. See, originally the Dallas Ultra Beast is supposed to be my third Ultra Beast for my Masters in Endurance, but that was before I was planning on going to Tahoe. Right. Um, so I probably never would have, you know, if I, if I knew I was doing Tahoe, I wouldn't have been doing Dallas, but heck, you know, to go down to Dallas, yeah, you know. That'll be a cool race. Plan, so yeah, something different. Yeah, it'll be a flatter uh, one, but don't get me wrong, they use that one hill at Dallas as much as possible. <laughs> I've never been there, but, you know, that's what's funny. People keep talking about that. Like, but they can easily make up for that kind of things with longer bucket carries or double bucket carries oh, yeah. or something like that. So. It's a cool venue. Watch out for the cactus. <laughs> yeah, I'll make sure of that. But, uh, um, but, yeah, we'll see how the year ends and uh, see what happens for next year. It'll be interesting to see what happens with the... Uh, you know, this new Spartan, the new rule changes or whatnot. And, yeah. Hopefully you know, the, I always say I want to venture out into some other things. I think some of those uh, Tough Mudder 8-hour yeah. things would be cool. I, I'm kind of more in the endurance longer stuff than I am the sprint fast stuff, you know. So. Right. So, um, It'd be nice if Bonefrog came, was a little closer to me, like they had the 8-hour yeah. endurance race or something like that. But, yeah. So... So if you was going to do any of those three ultras again next year, Tahoe, New Jersey, or Killington, and you only could choose one, which one would you choose to do again? Uh, probably Tahoe. Really? I mean, I guess because the harder, the, the more I feel, you know, that achievement, you know. Right. Um, you know, I, no one wants to fail at something, but a lot of times when you fail, that's when you learn the most, but. I guess I keep pushing myself till maybe I do fail because I want to, you know, learn to get even better. Um, you know, that's where you find out the most about yourself in some ways. So, uh, bring it on, I guess, you know, I, that doesn't, I see a lot of people when I post about stuff on a lot of people, especially Instagram, that a lot of people are worried that they go, I got to train for an ultra, you know, I'm not ready yet. Well, 
I mean, I get it to a point, but you don't know unless you try. That's right. So, uh, sign That's up, right. try it. You know, you're stronger than you think. You know, you just got to push, you know, it's a mental thing. It sounds, it sounds like you're ready for either, like, world's toughest mudder or that Iceland 24-hour race now, Brandon. Yeah, I'd do it, you know. I mean, <laughs> I guess, you know, give me, just let me know the point details of what I need to have, and I'd try it, you know what I mean? I mean, that's the only way you're going to know. That's right. <laughs> <clears throat> well, shoot, Brandon, man, I appreciate you taking the time to talk to us, man, and good luck in Dallas. I appreciate it. All right, man. We'll talk to you later. All right. See ya. Hope y'all enjoyed that. I want to thank Brandon again for taking the time out to talk to us and wish him luck at Dallas in a few weeks. Um, my next race will be in Atlanta. Uh, I'll be with my awesome kick-ass girlfriend, Leanne. Uh, she's going to be there hanging out with me. Come up to us and say, what up? Um, follow us on Instagram and Facebook. Leave a review on iTunes and tell me how bad I suck and how you say um and uh too many times. I know I do. I'm working on it. I know. It sucks. Anyway, thanks for listening, guys. Uh, I know I haven't been putting out a lot lately. It's been super busy. Uh, just thanks for hanging in there and bearing with me. We'll see you at the next race. Peace!